Welcome to Give Pause, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Office and retail space have changed dramatically over the course of the past two years, largely as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. As businesses in the downtown core felt the effects of the reduced foot traffic in downtown areas, that was mirrored in the demand for office space as an unprecedented number of people moved to remote working. Hudson Pacific Properties owns and operates the Bental Centre, a 1.5 million square foot office and retail complex in downtown Vancouver, and recently unveiled plans for a mass timber office and retail development called Burrard Exchange, which will be located within the Bental Centre campus. Facilities like these are an integral part of our downtown core, Chuck Wee is the Senior Vice President for Hudson Pacific Properties in Western Canada, and he joins us today to talk about what they're seeing firsthand. Chuck, thanks so much for doing this. Glad to be here, Bridget. Thanks for having me. So, Chuck, let's rewind if we can and go prior to the pandemic, which seems like an awfully long time ago. But what were you seeing then in terms of demand for commercial and office space? Right. Well, I think downtown Vancouver has actually been like an overnight success story that's been years in the making. Um, I think it's been a long, slow shift to being recognized as one of the strongest cities in North America, particularly for tech workers. Um, In my experience, I think what it really started with was the growth of Amazon and their presence in the market. Everyone's aware of what they're doing over at the Post. Um, It also was combined with Microsoft coming to town seeing us as a viable alternative to having headquarters in the Seattle region. Um, A lot of people aren't aware, but Microsoft was the first to really get um, the the visa process simplified and accelerated so that tech workers could land in Vancouver and literally start working a few weeks later, um, which continues today. And many companies are taking advantage of that advantage. And Microsoft was also the first to really push for the float plane service to connect South Lake Union and Seattle to Vancouver you know, affectionately called the nerd bird now. Um, <laughs> That's right. And I think that that advantage really helped pull the, the whole Cascadia region together and have Vancouver be recognized um, as one of those sort of urban super clusters that's really emerging in North America. And this is all in addition to the many small and medium-sized Vancouver success stories in both tech and traditional businesses that continue to, to make their mark. Well, and then... March 2020 happened, and there was uh, a bit of an exodus, if you will, where people who were working in the downtown core and office spaces went and working, started working from home or working remotely, if you will. Um, how trace those those steps back, if you will, to March of 2020, and what were you seeing firsthand? Right. Well, I mean, it, it, we were in a health crisis, so we saw people following the health orders and. Um, pulling out of their offices and and really accelerating the remote working and work from home environment. I mean, our own office, we uh, gave everyone laptops and said, you guys have as much flexibility as you need. Uh, We do have essential businesses that we support. So we did have to make sure our office remained open and a number of offices did. Um, But the biggest impact that we saw wasn't necessarily on the office workers. We thought pivoted quite quickly it was really on the retail environment and the service retail, the mom and pop stores um, that were you know, once viewed as the amenity of living and working downtown. Um, these small businesses just 
so many of them just weren't able to hang on. And, you know, we did our best to make sure that they got the government supports that they needed. And we tried to do everything we could just to keep the lights on. But that was probably the most significant change in the downtown experience. Those early days, um, spending a lot of time talking to those business operators, whether they were, you know, a cafe or a, a diner or, you know, people, I, I think, kind of forget about some of the amenities that have supported uh, workers in the downtown core, the dry cleaners and a number of those other small shops. And I, I think that many of us thought back in March 2020 that it was going to be pretty short term. We're going to work from home for a few weeks, maybe a month or two, and then we'd all come back and, and it would be back to normal. But I think we've learned a lot in the last couple of years that we really are creating a new normal, if you will. Yeah, that's right. And I think that, you know, when when the pandemic was in its early days and it was everyone did think it was going to be short, I think that people were sort of taking advantage of the, the remote time and they were sort of enjoying the flex, newfound flexibility and time with family and whatnot. Ironically, I think the longer we get into it, the more people realize that, oh, maybe my career hasn't really moved very much over the last two years. Maybe I do need to kind of think about what the future is going to be. Do I Am I happy having you know, five days a week remote and not seeing people and, and, and what that comes with? Or do I want to maybe get back in, in an environment where I can be with my coworkers, I can be with my manager, I can uh, get be involved in new projects and maybe advance a little bit? I think that that's one of the things we're starting to see as the pandemic drags on is that a lot of our, the companies we work with expect creativity and collaboration out of their people. And um, that the culture is so vitally important to so many of those companies. You know, that's interesting, Chuck, because, you know, looking back at what a lot of experts were saying two years ago is that remote working is is here to stay and it's changed forever the way that we will be in the office and and we employers need to be flexible and to recognize that there's just not going to be the demand for office space. But it sounds like we might be seeing some further shifts on this and that, in fact, people do want to come back and employers do want their employees back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that the, the anecdote that I point to originally was TELUS. About 10 years ago, TELUS said, we're going to move from the boot in Burnaby. But it was about 650,000 feet. And we're going to go downtown um, and we're going to take 200,000 feet. And many of our people are going to work remote. And I think that that flexibility had a lot of appeal for people. Um, I think they were able to tap into a, a certain sector of the workforce that wanted that amount of flexibility. And I think that what we're seeing now is a dovetailing of the rest of the market where many employers are recognizing that, look, some of my people don't necessarily have to come in. Um, and there's going to be a range of workforce, some that are remote, call it four or five days a week, and some that do want to be around and um, have that experience downtown with their with their coworkers and being part of the culture, call it three, four or five days a week. So what are, are you seeing then in terms of demand for office space? Um, are you seeing at... The, the, the demand start to come back? And are you seeing that employers uh, are wanting to have as big of a footprint in a building? Um, I think we're seeing the whole range of shifts. So there are some companies that have shed all their space and they've gone fully remote. Uh, we've talked to other companies that are planning on coming back to more creative and collaborative spaces. Maybe they take a little bit less and make it all collaborative space. And then there are some that expect to come back pretty much business with back to business as usual with maybe a little bit more balance and a little bit more of that sort of cultural space. 
And I think it really depends on the industry and how those companies have, what their experience has been with talent attraction and retention through uh, the pandemic. You know, I think for companies that have struggled to keep people, I think that's where you'll see very high degrees of flexibility and other companies that um, are able to really recruit lots of talent quite easily. I think those are ones that we'll see um, invest in creative spaces to try and bring more of those people together. And how does demand for office space in Vancouver compare to other big cities across Canada, like Toronto and Montreal? Where do we stack up? You know, the experience in Toronto, I was in Toronto in December and and the streets are very quiet. And I think there's two key differences there. One is they have a massive exposure to uh, head offices and the banking sector. And when the big companies decide that not everyone can, can come back, it's not just elective, it's mandated, you cannot come back that has a significant impact on a lot of the major office towers. I also think that Toronto, um, and we like to think of ourselves as having great transit infrastructure. Toronto has very significant transit infrastructure, and it's one of the things that I think is going to be last to come back. So in cities that don't have uh, people living and working in the downtown urban center, that do have to commute long ways, and particularly on transit, I think it is going to be a little bit of a slower transition to, to coming back. You know, Montreal has seen renewed activity. And I think, again, it, it speaks to the vibrancy of that city and people that can live and work in a region, as well as the emerging uh, growth of their tech sector as well. Yeah, and going back to what you were talking about with um, the kind of space that uh, organizations are looking for, you know, I, if you roll back the calendar, I don't know, five, maybe 10 years, there was such a trend towards open office spaces and, you know, no more individual offices, no more closed doors and everybody open. And then the pandemic hit and we all have to stay six feet apart and we all have to wear masks. And, and so what trends are you seeing now in, in office space? You talked about some collaborative spaces, but, you know, are you seeing that there's a bit more of a return to having some of that mixed use space where maybe there are some more offices and then there's some open areas? Like, what are you seeing from, from firsthand? Um, it's the, the overarching uh, theme that I like to explain, my vision of what office is going to be in the future is that I think there's going to be a merging of a couple of different work styles. And I like to think of office as merging with hospitality. So, so if you sort of think about, um, uh, if, you, if you think about office merging with hospitality and what that can bring to the experience of workers as they think about coming back, that's sort of the direction that we are pushing our real estate from the developer side to. And then on the tenant side, I think it's really, it really comes back to that desire for flexibility. I think it's less about open versus private offices. It's about looking at the actual people and who works great together, who are the future leaders, and how do, how do they create those environments where people can get their best work done. And whether that's four or five days at home with a touchdown spot downtown, or four or five days at the office with the ability to kind of pivot and go head down somewhere else, wherever they want, whenever they want. I think that's probably the most uh, high level broad approach I could talk about. And then there's, there are other dynamics that I think our companies that we deal with look at it, things like the age of the, of the managers. So if you're a seasoned manager, you might feel like you have all you need and you can work remote more and younger managers might feel like they need to be present to grow their careers. And I think that the companies are starting to recognize that they need those kinds of environments where they can give that flexibility and optimize all of their people um, at the same time. 
So really aligning it and integrating into the employee experience, which I think we've uh, all employers have learned over the last couple of years is really key to attracting and retaining talent. Right, right. And, and I think the nice corollary to all of that is the degree of trust that we've seen come around. You know, if, so, if, a, if a manager said, hey, I want to work at, for my home office three days a week previously, they would either have to have been around for a very long period of time or be very mm-hmm. valuable. And I think now a lot of employers recognize that, oh, we've now built that trust. You know, if the pandemic has accelerated certain things, I think trust is one good outcome of that. Where if I have a worker that says, hey, I've got this project and I'm going to be remote for three days it's okay. I know that they're, they've got what they need and they're going to get that job done. Pretty difficult to tell employees that you can't do that when for two years, everybody's been doing it just fine. That's I want right. to switch gears a little bit and talk about your project, the Burrard Exchange. Uh, you announced this last fall, but give us an idea what it's going to look like and what makes it so unique. All right. Well, we are so excited about this project. Um, I've been part of uh, building a few towers downtown, uh, projects like MNP Tower, 402 Dunsmere, the stack uh, that I can see out my window here. And really there's truly nothing that compares to what we're looking at building now. It's got the 30,000 square foot floor plates that are really appealing for a lot of tech companies that are looking at Vancouver. It's got the mass timber aesthetic, the ability to tie it into the rest of the campus and all the cool things that we're doing around the site as well. And then the decks, which um, went from being just another nice amenity tacked onto the building to something that is really so meaningful for a lot of companies we're talking to. And they want that access to the outdoor space. They want the fresh air. Um, And and half the floors of the building will have that access. And later this spring, our formal DP application will be in at the DP board. Is mass timber really the way of the future for construction? Uh, We think so. And I think particularly our project being hybrid mass timber. So with traditional mass timber, you're limited to six stories just by code and fire and structure. And then you can go to 12 stories, but you really have to encapsulate uh, all of your wood and really you lose all the beauty of it. At 16 stories, what we're trying to do is hybrid. So there's a concrete structure, concrete core, and then it's mass timber, everything else. So you get this blending of the aesthetic of the mass timber with something that can be built quite a bit higher than what you could do previously. And we think if we're successful, this is a proof of concept that many other large tower form buildings can look at uh, having a, a strong element of mass timber incorporated. Well, that's not just good news for BC's forest industry, but it's also good news uh, for a lot of organizations that are really looking at their ESG footprint and, and how to start making a difference and, and to be a positive uh, force in, in, in dealing with some of the climate change issues we're seeing. Absolutely. And we're seeing ESG bubble up to the, uh, at, to the board level of so many companies that we talk to. And uh, you know, that is, is going to be the drive to hopefully create many more buildings like this. You know, one of the things that we have learned uh, in the last two years, and there has been a lot, but we've really learned just how important a vibrant downtown core is to a thriving region. So when you look at a project like the Burrard Exchange, how does that fit into the future of downtown cores? Right. I, you know, I think it goes back to the service retail I mentioned at the very beginning. Uh, those businesses that thrived and we had, call it 5,000 people coming in five days a week, Monday to Friday. If we never get back to that, I think that as a downtown core, we need to rethink the purpose of buildings like this. As in, how do we attract people outside of whatever business hours will be? And how do we make it an 18-hour, seven-day-a-week environment 
you know, can it ever be Rockefeller Center? How do we get people here in the evenings? How do we, what makes it interesting to come here on the weekends? And a lot of that is the programming that we're trying to bring on site. I like to think of these as social experiments. You know, last summer we did a beer garden and we were having people reserve tables. And we, we actually saw people reserving tables at the Benthal Center Plaza on a Saturday afternoon, which, you know, traditionally just would never have happened. And I think that when you look at the development we're building, the Burrard Exchange, one of the things that really doesn't show up quite yet, but we're really going to be promoting is this, this pavilion at the front door of the project. So it's in the middle of a massive re-landscape plaza, that Dunsmere side of the property. Um, and the plaza itself has been re-landscaped, so it's completely flat. We can have food trucks, farmers markets. We can book space there for massive events. Um, but this pavilion that'll show up there, it's actually walkable. You can go up on top to a lawn. It'll be lit all night. And when you look at uh, other urban centers, you have things like the Amazon Biospheres in Seattle, the Vessel at Hudson Yards, these walkable, interactive attractions in the urban core. And I think this little pavilion will be a really nice, great moment, our own little jewel box in the downtown core. Reminds me a little of, uh, and I forget the name of it, but in New York City, where you're walking along that elevated uh, strip and there's the lots of- that, yes, exactly. The High Line. So is that sort of the vision is to create a space that will draw community together? That's right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that when you look down from the rooftops of neighboring buildings and the downtown core is filled with towers, you know, on the development itself, you'll see this really animated outdoor. We've, we've got, a, we've got a, a pavilion on top of the building, which is be a pre-function area for events that can spill outside. You know, most of the roof of the development is a roof deck that's usable. And then out front, we've got this other little pavilion where you can go up on the roof and you've got a different perspective of downtown, just, just like the Highline, where you can go up top and sort of look at things from a different angle. We've got the similar thing in this, in this lookout. I mean, this is uh, very different for Vancouver's downtown core. It sounds like it could be the future of the downtown core. How has been the journey in the project so far in bringing people along on your vision? Um, I think that it, it's actually been fairly straightforward. You know, a lot of a lot of people thought that the de- last development site at Benpal Center was going to be another concrete, steel, and glass tower. And even before the pandemic, we were sort of saying, "Well, we've already got that. Like, we have four towers that look like that, and we really want to take an approach that's going to appeal to not only the companies that are here today, but companies that are looking at Vancouver for future growth." Um, you know, looking back to the uh, companies that were seen coming in the market, the tech companies, it used to be they would come in and take 2,000 feet, 5,000 feet, maybe a big tenant was 10,000 feet. We're now seeing requirements come in that are 30, 40, 50,000 feet. So they can look at a project like this and say, oh, we could be a whole floor or we could be two whole floors. We don't have to be in that tower form spread out over five, six, seven floors. And I think that it's a really nice compliment to everything else, not only at the Bentall Center, but also broadly downtown. You know, Chuck, it's been a, a challenging couple of years for so many businesses and so many individuals. Um, it feels like we could be at a turning point in the pandemic. And the conversation today with you highlights that. It sounds like you have a lot of optimism for the future for our downtown core. I, I do. I'm really excited. You know, I think that um, the change that we're seeing are, are changes that were, were always coming, but it really just has been accelerated by the pandemic. Um, it's really why I joined Hudson Pacific two and a half years ago. You know, when I started talking to this company, they saw Vancouver as a, a really great addition to these West Coast centers of innovation, whether it's Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, 
Um, Vancouver is poised to be part of this West Coast ecosystem, um, you know, welcoming not only great Canadian tenants and companies, but others from up and down the coast. And, um, you know, people ask me if I'm worried that, you know, companies in Vancouver or, or people here will go to Austin or Nashville. And I like to think that Vancouver is the Austin or Nashville for a lot of these companies. And if we create the spaces where people want to be, I think we'll continue to see these growth stories here. And it really is about building up that vision. Chuck, thanks so much for the conversation today. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure, Bridget. Thank you.